0: Hello, interview our listeners. I don't usually do this, but I just want to give a quick shout out to the people in West Plains, Missouri, Columbus, Georgia, New York, New York, Royal Oak, Michigan, Duxbury, Massachusetts, and Westchester, Pennsylvania. You guys are consistently uh, on the top, top rankings of peep cities and spots around the country that are checking out this podcast. Thank you. You guys rock. I really appreciate you, whoever you are. I I really appreciate you checking out the show. Um, And without further ado, uh, I will be hanging out with Carl Krantz. It's going to be a good one. Thanks, guys. I'd ask you to sit down, but
1: you're not going to anyway. And don't worry about the vase. What vase? That vase. I'm sorry. I said don't worry about it. I'll get one of my kids to fix it. How did you know? Oh, what's really going to bake your noodle later on is, would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything?
0: This is MTVR, and I'm Chris Miranda, your host. This is the podcast about virtual reality and a lot of other stuff. Uh, Welcome, listeners. And on today's show, I'm speaking with Carl Krantz. He's the organizer of the Silicon Valley Virtual Reality Meetup. Um, This man needs no introduction, really, but I'm going to do it anyways. And he's just a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality and all around just awesome guy. Carl, thank you so much for being on the show again. I'm super excited to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me, Chris. It's great to be back. Yeah, um, it's
0: been too long. <laughs> it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Um, tell me, how's everything, man? How? When, the last time we chatted, it was probably a long time ago, like probably ten months ago. Um, and a lot has happened since. So, uh, what you've been up to? What's been What's been keeping you busy?
2: Yeah, so uh, we've been doing the meetups um, faithfully every month, which is fantastic. Our community is really, really strong. Um, I I just love how how great the uh, vibe is at our events. And we're continuing to build the conference. Uh, I think last time we spoke was just after the conference, Mm -hmm. the SVBR conference. But we are working hard on getting the date nailed down for the next one, which will be in the end of May. Um, We're thinking big. Uh, VR is rapidly growing. The whole scene is growing so fast, so we're thinking big. It's going to be more than twice as large as last year, and possibly three times
1: as large, and maybe even more. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, Um, And, yeah, we're working hard on just building the uh, VR community here, building the ecosystem, connecting companies, um, and just trying to keep up with all the great experiences that are being released and the hardware and there's just so much to try and do right now. It's, uh, it's really exciting.
0: It's crazy. How do you keep up? Like I've realized that I can't. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not as well as I'd like.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: but I need, I need some, like, I need some assistance. I need like full-time people to help get my demos working. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, Yeah, but it's so exciting. I don't want to miss it. You know,
0: <laughs> it, exactly. It's, it's insane. So one thing that I've that I've sort of seen a, a um, it's been going around like it's, it's it's a SVVR needs a bigger boat um <laughs> like like it, it, there's there's this demand to get down there for from people all over the Bay Area all over the world even like and um you know I you know how are you coping with with finding a space big enough to foster the growth of the community.
2: Yeah, it's it is our it is probably our number two priority. Um, the number one is getting the you know May, making the May conference you know everything it can be. But the number two priority for us right now is uh, finding a bigger home for SVVR. And yeah, we have a we have a couple things going on in parallel. Uh, you know, we're speaking to companies that could potentially host us. Uh, p- companies are tough because you know a lot of companies will let you do an event, but they usually have some policy about the event ending at nine or nine thirty.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, our events people want to go all night. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we have trouble getting people to leave at ten thirty. Um, you know, people just want to talk, keep talking about VR and keep trying things. So, um, we're trying to find a space that can host, um, you know, two to 300 people, and that will let us go late and that has the flexibility we need and the power requirements and everything else so that we can, you know, have all our demos the way we like to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to I want to get your like your thought on how has the community changed? Have, have you noticed any patterns in how it's evolved in the last 6 months since the Ed's VVR conference? Uh, you know. How.
2: Um I would just say a people are taking it seriously. Uh, we're, you know, I'm really happy that we're able to maintain, you know, we have this kind of family feeling at the SVBR events yeah. and I think that's only getting stronger. That's not, that's not diminishing as, you know, as we grow, as the community grows. Um, we really do have like a really strong, you know, a fantastic community and, you know, people are there, everyone in this, you know, scene is friends and partnering together and working with each other. Um, and we do have a lot of new people coming into it, but you know we we have tons of people who were there at the very first meetup a oh, year and a half ago now, and they're still there every time, this, which is great. Or you know, if they can't make every one, they come every other month. I mean, there's so many uh, VR events happening right now. You know, sometimes you know, two a week yeah. in the Bay Area. <laughs>
0: It's exploding. Um, it's it's yeah. It's hard to keep up with them, but it's uh it's so exciting to see. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. There are are ten or eleven or twelve groups now, uh, VR groups in the in just in the Bay Area, which is amazing it's <laughs> you know all these specialized groups vr cinema vr audio vr web
0: yeah um art you know kodame vr uh vr oxygen sfvr the sacramento vr uh yep, the um the vr ladder upload VR. upload vr um yeah there's yeah there's, if i miss one my apologies but yeah oh, sfvr creative community um yeah there's a lot (laughs) but it's exciting let me ask you this are you still encountering skeptics like people who come to the meetup and go up to you or or you run into them and and they'll say you know what i'm still not sold like are you are you seeing any of that
2: not too much at the meetups i think people you know that's a self-selecting group the people that are kind of going to come out to a meetup Mm -hmm. um if they're at a meetup they're they're pretty much believers (laughs) um but in you know in just in general yeah a lot of people are like well that's fantastic but you know what 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 would i do with it mm-hmm. and and you know in the way i see it i'm like everything anything you could do in reality you could do in vr plus more plus you don't have these you know restraints and constrictions of physics and geography and you know gravity and anything else that could get in the way of you know your experiences so Mm -hmm. it's but it's hard to answer that question i think i need a more down-to-earth answer for that yeah but yeah there are definitely a lot of people who are skeptics but um you know it's a lot less i think than it used to be Mm
0: -hmm. and And that'll only get better what do you think like what is the main like what is there uh, a general view from from the skeptics is there like one thing that's that they all think or say when they when they talk about vr like why won't why it won't uh, succeed, or why it's 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 not ready? Is there like a revolving theme?
2: I think the idea that VR is isolating um, is definitely one you know, one way that you know. Uh, people, people, you know, are, are skeptical about uh, VR. You know, this is going to be an isolating technology. It's going to lead to a very, you know, lonely existence inside of computers where we're all disconnected. But I don't believe that's the case at all, actually. You know, all the indications that I have and I think that most people have who are in this community are that this is going to be, uh, you know, it, it, VR is a social lubricant. You know, it actually it's what's bringing us together within these, you know, meetup communities and, and online. It's, you know, when, when you have, when you have a really interesting experience, the first thing you want to do is share that experience with your friends. Mm-hmm. And when you, when two people share an experience, they have the same experience that's interesting. It strengthens the bond between them. So there's this kind of feedback loop where VR actually helps strengthen real-world bonds and you have to go to a real meat space place to try VR experiences and and I think that's that's going to continue because you know as I've I've said before you can't try the DK2 from within the DK1 and you know whatever is after that you won't be able to try it with the current generation so we're not you know the people that want to try keep trying the new VR and follow the stuff and be on the bleeding edge they're, they have no choice but to get out and
1: interact with other humans in the real world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really good. That's good for, you know, it, it
2: strengthens the community around VR. And, you know, all these people are just making a lot of friends. So, you know, to me, VR is actually a very social technology and social medium. And, you know, it's actually, you know, I've made more friends through VR, you know, through my interest in VR in the past, you know, year and a half than I have in, you know, many many years before that yeah. and that's it's not just me that's had that experience I, I I'd be willing to bet that you've had a similar experience and so have most people who are active in the community. Yeah.
0: It, it's a carbon copy. Like my experience is a car, carbon copy of yours. It's, it's, in, it's true. I mean, it, I, you would think, you know, intuitively that you're going to put this thing over your face and you're going to be inside this world traversing it by yourself. But it, and as fun as that is, I, it's so much better when you have someone else in it with you. Like it's, um yeah, you know, I, my, um, I, I just got, my friend just, My friend slash boss just shared with me an article from Gizmodo uh, about VR sex and how it's coming along. Like you have, um, I think it's Infinite Realities, ViaVave. I can't really pronounce uh, the name of that company. um, The VR three sex chat. And the thing, and the first comment that I saw on the on the page was, uh, "Oh yay! I can't wait to start using virtual reality sex so I can uh, stop interacting with real people." And it's it it sounds like a tongue in cheek kind of comment, but like I, I I wonder if there's some truth to that. Like, will there be people out there who will just you know, and just you know, enclose in, in, in themselves inside VR and, and and not and walk away from from humanity, or or do you think that the, the being in VR will will make them crave more human interaction? Like, what do you think? I, I think that.
2: Even the people, there will be people that go into VR and, that you know, it's just having that kind of control over your environment. That's going to be really compelling and it's going to be, you know, that's something that's going to keep people in VR for a long time. But I still think the most interesting things to do in VR are going to be interacting with other people. Mm -hmm. So although they may be even isolated physically, they will be, you know, have these deep connections to people all over the world Mm -hmm. that they couldn't have without VR. And maybe some of those people have, you know, anxieties or social issues where they would not be interacting with people in the real world. And, you know, it'll actually, you know, make them, uh, give them richer and healthier lives where they're actually, you know, part of communities where they wouldn't be otherwise.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you about VR sex, because I know you wouldn't shy away from this subject. I mean, this is uh, everything VR. So I'm wondering if you think VR sex will evolve to a point where, it might start, you know, slowing down our, uh, you know, our, 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 our population growth. Do you think that that's a possibility that, you know, people will just have such a compelling time having sex in, quote unquote, sex inside VR that real sex will be a nuisance, you know? Like, what do you think?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right there.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Is that a problem, though? Is that going to be a bad yeah. thing? I wonder.
2: I don't know. Um, I mean, do, is you know, is it a problem if you know it's probably not good for you know our, our economies on the short term if population is going down. But you know, there are a lot of people. I'm, I'm okay with a few less people in future generations.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, I think that we'll still have plenty to keep our you know the human race going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That that may be a problem. That's, that's an interesting point that I hadn't considered.
0: Yeah, it's but at the same time it's I I think it'll also create uh you know, like better bonds, like for, for just like what you said with the sociability of VR, I think it might create better, better, you know, maybe sexual bonds with, with between people who live like uh, long with long distance relationships. In Spanish, there's this saying, it's they'll say, we'll say, amor um, de lejos, amor de pendejos, which means uh, long distance love is a stupid kind of love um and so and so it, with vr like in and perhaps like telepresence virtual reality you know sex like i think that you know that pain point of being away from someone you you love might be lessened since you know you'll have teledildonics and you'll have um, you know, more compelling HMDs. I don't know. Do you think long distance love can, uh, can benefit from virtual reality sex?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, I think most people are, not most people, but I think there are a lot of people who are, who maybe don't have the healthiest attitude and like relationships with sex. Mm-hmm. know people are you know there's there's a lot of weird artifacts in our culture you know a lot of people are repressed and you know maybe not able to act and you know act in alignment with what they really want from sex and relationships with other people and And i think the abstraction of vr will enable people to kind of get in touch with you know what they're really after <laughs> which that's, is probably a little crazier than you know their public face of it and, and and hard to do in reality
0: that's that's crazy that's interesting and that's uh i haven't thought of that actually because i there is this huh and, and especially I mean,
2: you know you know my every time we talk i always go I always bring the conversation to Second Life, but you know, if you look at sex in Second Life, you know it's really weird. <laughs> but I mean, I think well, that's, I know. Because that's what that's what people really want, and they're just afraid to, you know, express that in reality. But you know, there's furries and BDSM and all these crazy subcultures, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think that's, you know, really unhealthy. I think that's probably actually the norm, but people, you know, there's there's all these, uh, you know, there's like, you know, people are repressed.
0: We're scared. I think we're scared yeah, of... We're,
2: we're scared, yeah.
0: Like, we're scared it's not of being judged. acceptable
2: to be... Yeah. <laughs> To be a weirdo, yeah. but I think A lot more people are weirdos than they will admit publicly.
0: Hell yeah, dude, we're all weird. I feel like you're, yeah. you're, you're, It's it's true. Um, I so, so VR will let people get
2: their freak on and and feel safe doing it. So I don't think that's
0: a bad thing. I think it's a I think it's a good thing. But the other the you know okay, so let's let's let me try to be more objective slash critical here. Um, because the thing that you know the other the counterpoint to this would be. You know, well, if you look at the the porn today, um, you know, we humans weren't biologically designed to consume, you know, this form of information, uh, you know, at the tip of our hands like we we now can with the internet and porn. Like, and 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 I and do you think that the you know, and so there's there's real problems. I feel like there's there's real problems with like the you know like addiction to you know to internet porn or um or and. I wonder if VR might ex- exacerbate that, uh, or might.
2: Yeah, I think any technology does. Uh, you know, it's certain things. There are certain things that we're all prone to being addicted to, and the reason we're not is because you know it's it's kind of there are barriers that, you know, that not necessarily, you know, th- there just happens to be barriers that mm-hmm. that are in the way right now, so that prevent us from getting addicted to things. But any technology kind of can start to remove barriers, so, you know, we'll have, like, one-click access to anything we want, and, yeah, it's, I mean, that's going to be a real challenge for humanity to deal with how technology will enable us to have anything we want, anytime we want, at our fingertips, you know, we're really going to have to focus on our, you know, self-control and, you know, just learning to do things in moderation and keep a perspective about, you know, where we're spending our time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the, it's like those experiments with the rat and the lever that gives you cocaine and the rats just hit the button until they die. You know, Mm. you know, we're, we're basically going to have that, you know, a digital drug and a lever right there. And we could just hit that all day until, you know, until we forget about everything else and wither away. That's what we're going to
1: we're
0: going to have to learn to face that. <laughs> we're going to have to and I'm you know and I like the fact that you are not you don't shy away from these uncomfortable situations like com- uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable questions because I feel like you know we only grow when we're uncomfortable, you know. No one really gets better at anything if you're comfortable in something, you know? Like I I feel like yeah, I, I don't think that people that are
2: really into VR and believe in VR, you know, should be like looking for any reason to say that's not a problem this is not a problem i mean these are problems we're gonna have to face them but mm-hmm. you know there's no we can't put our bury our heads in the sand and okay. you know pretend it's not there
0: so because we in, in in on this podcast uh we try to do a service to the community let's try to brainstorm like well, how can this be solved uh, you know how can we provide a counterweight to this potential issue um you know do is it is it something that needs to be you know, is there is there an app that we're gonna have to create that'll teach people about sex and their biology? Is it, you know, is it, you know, I, I feel like I feel like it's, I feel like the answer lies in education uh, or educating yeah. and informing people, but like the uh, giving I, I people the yeah. access to that is the or problem. Yeah, I don't. I don't
2: know what that looks like. The education is it's definitely a piece of it, and it's you know it's kind of a self education. Mm-hmm. You know, educating ourselves about ourselves and our own, you know, desires and impulses. We're going to have to have impulse control. But I think the, you know, technology is weird in that, you know, technology solves problems and then it creates new problems. Yeah. And the only way to solve those new problems that are created by technology is more technology. <laughs> like you can't, you know, you know, we've created plenty of problems with technology, with, you know, pollution and all these other things. But, you know, the answer is not to just destroy all the technology. It is to come up with more solutions, you know, using technology. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of keep, you know, keep ourselves one step ahead of this series of problems that technology creates and solves and it's just kind of, you know, this march forward of technology.
0: Yeah, and the well that is going to lead me into talking about deep learning and artificial intelligence, but before we get to that, I you know, the other uh, a while ago I was talk, you know, I talked uh, with Blair Renault from from Technolust on the podcast and he said something that was that that still strikes strikes me to this day that I still think about because he's thinking about building the candy crush of VR and you know how we just sort of just talked about how you know VR could exacerbate sexual addictions or 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 sexual proclivities do you think you know like and, and so I Here's the thing. I, I think that it's only a matter of time before Blair or uh, someone else creates this Candy Crush of VR. And seeing how insanely addicting candy crush can be and i mean not to knock on on just candy crush but these sort of you know mobile games that use utilize human psychology to keep you hooked yeah. right like it's um
2: yeah. they're, like, they're kind of preying on our weaknesses yeah. in a lot of ways right
0: <laughs> so they learn they learn very well from the casino industry right and, and they're they're taking yep. those and those those lessons and they're putting it in mobile games and you know i i I, I wonder if VR is going to take those lessons and put them in VR and exacerbate the potential issues that could arise from, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like with mobile games, yeah, it's, it, you know, the uh, it's, you'll be up till three in the morning playing Candy Crush or Clash of Kings, whatever. Um, or, you know, but, but if it's VR, you know, will, will you ever come out like, cause it'll be that much more compelling? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, that's gonna happen. I mean if those guys are smart, they're already thinking about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is, you know, to that really, other than, you know, we're gonna have to watch out for it and and hopefully, you know you know, hopefully more people are have good intentions than bad intentions
0: and my dilemma Um, is like it's 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 like um it's it's game theory because if we all as a community come around and say to each other all right we're you know let's build a let's create a a code of ethics for virtual reality software yeah let's make sure that we don't create software that makes people addictive addicted and like make sure we don't make software that desensit this desensitizes people from human empathy for example like you know, I think game theory dictates that you, even if you, a group of people decide to not do it, there is always someone who will. And because yeah. there's always that someone else who will, like, we'll have to, you know, jump in as well anyways. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah,
2: it's true. You can't, and you can't outlaw it because then there'll be like black market apps that are in, that'll be, and, you know, the the risk and danger of those will be the ones, you know, that'll, that'll draw people to it even more, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. So the answer is not in getting together as a community to build a, a code of ethics, and it's not in legislation, and it's not in prohibition. And I, I, so I think it's, it's, it's individual responsibility, I guess. Um, yeah, information.
2: yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking maybe, you know, we'll have to utilize technology to, to watch out for ourselves. You know, I, I could imagine some kind of agent that kind of, you know, is like your personal agent, butler slash whatever that kind of watches over what you're doing, Mm. not for anyone else, but for your own, you know, safety that, you know, we already have that in certain games. It's like, you know, you've been playing for, you know, this many hours, maybe it's time to take a break. You know, I've, (laughs) I've seen that kind of thing, you know, popping up here and there and, and maybe, you know, we'll each have our own, you know, kind of personal agent that's kind of watching over us and keeping a, a, you know, that, that uh, 10-foot perspective where, you know, when we're micro-focused in whatever game or experience we're in, maybe we don't have that, but we can get these reminders that's like, hey, what you're doing right now (laughs) is maybe not not that healthy. Maybe you should take a step back.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's a really good idea. I would would further it along by saying that if we could somehow tap into the human brain and you know how uh, Iron Man has... Yeah, I think it's Targus. I don't remember the name of his assistant, but Targus is 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 this AI that is telling him, "All right, your suit is at 80% power, and you have you know 10% fuel left." You know, I I I wonder if we'll get to a point where we humans will be co- will be connected to a biofeedback um sort of personal assistant that will you know be looking at uh, our vital signs in real time and it'll tell you chris you've been playing half-life 2 for four hours straight your insulin levels are at 40 percent below average and your yeah. dopamine levels are starting to shoot down you should probably take a rest, you know because these numbers say so you know like you're because this is what's happening inside your body like i wonder you know how far yeah, away i think do you we're think- gonna need that yeah, yeah.
1: i mean you-
2: that's going to happen anyway. I mean, the advertisers are going to be looking at that data anyway. So, we need some something on our own side that's also looking at it, you know, that has our best interest in mind and not, you know, the advertiser's best interest because I'm sure that will happen. The advertisers will be, you know, monitoring your vital, you know, whenever they can and wherever they can, monitoring your vitals and where you're looking and your eye contact and, you know, your eye tracking and everything else. So, mm-hmm. we need we need also we need to get access to that same information, but you know, for something that's looking out for
0: ourselves. Yeah, for for our benefit. That's you know yeah. that's actually that's actually something that I've overlooked because I I was I knew that you know advertisers are gonna you know market and take advantage of eye tracking one day and they'll be able to see wherever you see, but. But at the same time, I wasn't—I wasn't you know—I'd I, I kind of overlooked the biofeedback aspect. Because one day it'll be a point where, yeah, they'll know where you're looking at. And they'll be able to see, oh, he looked at that Aunt Jemima pancake syrup thing for two seconds. Um, but the biofeedback thing would add even a, a whole new layer of of information. Oh, and you know, he looked at it two seconds, and his dopamine levels stayed below you know, you know, 2% increase, I don't know, something like that. And they'll be able to say, okay, what do we do to make this Aunt Jemima thing more appetizing uh, for him? Yeah, yeah I don't absolutely.
2: Know. And and so it's important for us as new technologies come along that we make sure that we get the same access to the information that the platforms get. Mm-hmm. You Because know, some of these platforms are, you know, it's already happening. They're starting to be kind of closed and locked down on And, you know, we've talked about that before, you know, you know how I feel about these closed lockdown platforms, not a fan, Uh, but we need to make sure that, you know, the the individual using it, the person who's creating all this data gets the same level of access to the data as, you know, the platforms and the advertisers and anyone else who's using it for, you know, their own gain.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Uh, but it, I wonder, is this conversation too early? Do you think? Do you think we're we're, we're too ahead of ourselves to be having this conversation? Or, or no, I think
2: I think it's never too early to start thinking about it because then you can start thinking about you know what to watch out for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. What a weird, crazy world we're walking. And it's fun into. to think about this stuff, right? It is. I mean, <laughs> project I've... forward. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, that's yeah. I, I wonder whether how much of it will become you know real like well are we are we hyping up eye, eye tracking well we realize that eye tracking isn't really necessary in vr i think it is but i don't know um
2: oh yeah i think it's 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 definitely going to happen it's inevitable mm-hmm. it works really well i don't know if you've tried the sms
0: no that's I've, the
2: name of the company sms i've heard
0: of fove F O V from uh the microsoft accelerator
2: okay yeah, yeah no i haven't tried that what's sms I think that's the name of the company, SMS, but they've, they've been demoing a, um, a DK1 that's been modified, and it has eye tracking built into it, uh-huh. and I just saw an announcement, so I've tried that, um, I tried it at SIGGRAPH, and it worked really well for me, wow. now I, I was with someone, and they tried it, and it did not work for them, so I, I don't know what the difference was, but it worked, it was like perfect for me, you know, so I was like, you know,
1: shooting by looking at things, and you know, I was just dead-on accurate every time, wow.
2: Um, and they're not selling that as a individual kit. I think they're more looking to license the technology to someone,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, assuming Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they also recently announced that they have a DK2 version, wow. um, which is more of a kit form, which I think they are selling. But I, I didn't see a price. It's like, call us. I figure if you have to call, you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> But it works really well, and I think it's a no-brainer. And there are so many cases where you know it would be valuable to know where your eyes are looking because I think the way we look around is not like you know I don't move my head that much, you know, but mm-hmm. I move my eyes a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think eye tracking could become a new form of input device? Do you think that it could? I, I mean, I, I like I like Leap, I I like STEM, but if I could just look at what I want to where i want to go and maybe i think it'll actually be
2: a combination
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i think it'll it'll become part of the the recipe but yeah i think it'll be definitely it'll be part of it
0: here's something that's missing that i don't hear much about um and i and i'm probably and i we there's a good likelihood we might never see it but i don't see why not what where's the smell in all of this like when are we gonna start when do you think we'll start seeing like smell vr uh peripherals and i don't know if i don't know if anybody would want to but i yeah
2: I just... uh, I I, i'm i'm ai have a, a an extremely sensitive nose so that most smells like i can't even you ever go to like a macy's or whatever i can't walk through those department stores i just i feel sick i'm like sneezing uh, you know it's like i have a, a, a super smeller so the idea of smelling in vr does not appeal to me like I <laughs> Things already smell, like, way too strong in reality. I don't need any more smells.
0: <laughs> Here's a question um, for you. What do you think Second Life I, smells I like? I did see a panel oh. on
2: um, taste and smell in gaming. I think it was at uh, NeuroGaming, like, huh. two years ago. There was a panel on this, and there were uh, there were a bunch of people on this panel that were working on this. That was their focus. <laughs> it was taste and smell.
0: How far um, along is the technology? I uh, mean, what's...
2: Yeah, I... I I don't know that much about where they are, but uh, there are machines that, you know, have 30 plus whatever ingredients and they can mix them together to, you know, make artificial versions of different smells and do it, you know, in, in real time. Oh, um, but something interesting in, that actually attaches that to VR, um, I was at, I think it was at the Marriott. Did you see this? They have this uh, what do they call it? Get teleported or something. They have some VR installation at the Marriott.
0: Yeah, I saw it. I had I didn't try it, but I saw it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, there there was a part where there was a smell in that experience. <laughs>
0: and tell me that was a
2: really weird uh, yeah so i tried that and i was kind of shocked they broke all the rules of vr <laughs> <laughs> like you're standing there and suddenly you just start moving forward like sliding without you know i didn't do anything and suddenly i'm sliding through a room and i'm like oh well <laughs> like you know I've, I've done a lot of vr but that thing threw me off and they even had a part in there well i probably shouldn't give it away for people who want it. i'll do it anyway yeah go ahead <laughs> so, spoiler alert close your ears <laughs> if you plan to try it but there's a part in there where they they try to scare you by kind of throwing you on the edge of a building, so you're just kind of peering off the edge. Mm-hmm. And the floor—you're standing in this like booth, telephone booth type thing. The floor actually tilts; it just goes dunk, and then now it's on an angle Whoa. out of nowhere. So, like, I feel like I have my VR legs, and I'm not going to fall by like visual stimulation, you know, typically. But they actually tilted the floor, so I like totally like fell forward. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, why? I, I can't. I'm not sure why they did that. They I, I guess you. they did it for effect, but you know, to try to, you know, um, throw people off. But it seemed like a really bad idea to me.
0: That's. You know what I find funny? I find it sort of funny how um, the hotel industry is, not the hotel industry, but Mar- Marriott is is part of the hotel industry, and I think. It's an industry that might get affected by the fact that we are creating these teleportation devices. You know, we might not need hotels in the... F- I mean, we might not need them to yeah. the extent that we do now. And I wonder, like, if they if, the, if if they, at all worry or what their response is to that eventuality. Do you think that they're concerned that VR might start eating their lunch money because eventually people might be like, well, I want to go to Florida. But you know what, um... Let's just utilize the rift. I, you I know, mean, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are mixed feelings within the industry. Um, so, um, I used to work in the telepresence industry, um, for a good 12 years plus, and you know, I, I won't say who, but I worked at a company and a, a major airline, um, became very interested in us in in acquiring us. Mm-hmm. And which was interesting. So an airline is going to buy a basically a telepresence, you know, video conferencing company um, because they were aware that, you know, this is going to, you know, pro, you know the, people don't need to travel if they can have, you know, compelling meetings from across the world. Wow. And and the interesting thing about that was that the pilots union of that airline actually blocked the
1: acquisition from happening. What? So so not everyone in
2: that company wanted that to happen. <laughs> they said, "Oh no, this is, you know, this is going to take our jobs. We don't want to support this." And they actually, you know, created enough
0: fuss that it, it prevented the acquisition from happening. Wow. Well, I um that's that's crazy. And I yeah. that's crazy.
2: Did you So so I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there are people within Marriott that are like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" <laughs> Don't, they, don't promote this stuff. This stuff is gonna kill us.
0: That's that's crazy. I I, I yeah. But but the problem is with the if t- when whenever i you I know, I got this uh, this quote from CGP Grey. This video about uh they he did this amazing video. You should check it out. It's called Humans Need Not Apply. And he talks about the AI revolution that is currently ongoing, that is shifting the ground below our feet, and most humans have no clue that it's happening. I I want to talk about it in a little bit, but going back to the the airline thing, I I don't know if you ran into the the couple articles from, it's two separate airlines. Um, one is creating uh an air an airplane that has cameras facing outwards, and it's gonna have no windows, and they're gonna put panels. Uh, giant panels instead of windows so that you can see outside the airplane, um, via the camera. And right. okay. that's, I, I think that's pretty cool. Like, uh, the yeah, other only...
2: probably makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it's very inefficient to have all these windows on an airplane and all those seals and potential points of
1: <laughs> leakage.
0: Yeah uh the 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 cool thing is the the cool thing it would be if if they like the whole like the the floor the ceiling and the sides of the plane were like the screens and you can see like everything that's outside like that would be so trippy um but the other one was I, i can't remember the other airline who's using vr hmds uh for people to utilize while they're sitting on the airplane um and like do you think like the, those are effective uses of virtual reality in, in terms of travel on airplanes and stuff like that do you think it'll take off uh, no pun intended
1: yeah Oh, nice yes
2: yeah i do i think that's a. I, I mean watching movies with like a, a Durabos dive i think you know most of us in the vr world have done that because it works well right mm-hmm. <laughs> watching a movie on a flight it's, it just makes sense it's easy it's a you know you're you're kind of stuck in this place and you can't really go anywhere or do anything and stuck with this crappy little screen in front of you right now. It, it makes a lot of sense to use VR in that case to actually you know get out of that kind of terrible environment, claustrophobic environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not be surprised if that is you know one of the main ways that you know the average person um, is
0: exposed to VR is you know just on a plane. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, I, I wonder how that will look like. It's yeah, it's it's crazy. What a weird future we're walking into. But <laughs> I, I want to step a little bit aside from VR. It's sort of related, but it but it kind of isn't Um, this, you know, so for the longest time, I thought that, you know, I was under the impression that the revolution in artificial intelligence was just going to remove jobs that are low-skilled and shitty, for example, like McDonald's workers and janitors and, you know, like like those sort of jobs, like, you know, they're honest jobs, but... I'm sure that no kid who is who's six years old, seven years old, you know, whatever age, 12 years old, you know, goes up to their parents and says, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be a janitor. You know, like, I don't feel like that. Those are like things people aspire to to be. And so I for the longest time, I was just like those, you know, people won't fight. You know, we will we'll be just fine with those jobs because eventually something else will will come along that will give them you know purpose and meaning. But that, I was wrong because what I'm noticing is um, this there's, is there's a thing called deep learning that I've started becoming aware and I'm starting to inform myself about and how these computer computer frameworks of of you know it's not just telling the computer how to learn it it, it's no it's not telling the computer what to do to learn it's it's teaching the computer how to learn you know how to teach itself and that right. like boggles my mind um, because it's it, it leads us to a world where we're not just going to have low la- low labor jobs go away, but also white collar jobs like researchers like me, like like uh, lawyers. You know, um, again, I, I really recommend check out that video with, with CGP. Grey. But I was also talking about with someone else about it. And, you know, it, how do you think this might affect vr like how do you think that you know this ongoing economic revolution will 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 affect you know this industry like you know especially since we're going to need people to buy hmds and people are going to need jobs to buy those hmds right like
2: yeah yeah it's i mean this is a tough question that you know we're we're starting to see you know in in san francisco in particular this kind of backlash against technology and it's understandable. There are people that, you know, their jobs are being, you know, eaten by software, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> their jobs are being eaten by technology. And yeah, and it's, yeah, it is easy to say, okay, well, those are the crappy jobs anyway, you know, so it, it doesn't matter, you know, it's if, if robots replace humans on an assembly line because, you know, that's just a crappy job to have in the first place. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: But uh, I guess it's true that some people just actually really like those jobs (laughs) you know this uh, simple jobs uh, it's kind of a no-brainer that technology is going to replace the simple jobs but yeah maybe they're all it's at the same time it's going to come at the other end the things that you know people are not smart enough to do Mm -hmm. but um ai will be (laughs) because ai you know doesn't have the restrictions we have of memory or you know
0: the inability to multitask or any of these other problems yeah, or emotions I mean, and, or stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think this is, this is the biggest problem our society is going to face going forward is how do we deal with, you know, the fact that technology, technology is just going to disrupt everything and, and it's, and it's happening on this accelerated, you know, exponentially accelerating, uh, you know, level. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is in, in, large part, I mean, this is why, you know, Jaron Lanier, the guy who, you know, for all intents and purposes, popularized VR and, you know, brought it, you know, into the public, uh, you know, conversation, at least in the 80s and 90s. You know, he is not a huge fan of the direction we're going with this stuff. And that's very understandable. Technology is taking away jobs. How do we deal with that? I mean, I I like to think and hope (laughs) that it's going to free people up to, I mean, why, why do people have to do something that they hate all day? I mean, Mm -hmm. most people don't love their
1: jobs.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I like to think that technology is going to bring us to a place where maybe we don't all have to work, you know, eight plus hour days and, you know, in, in certain industries, you know, Mm -hmm. 80 hour weeks or more, you know, why, why, why can't we get to a place where people are free to spend their time exploring their interests, exploring their creative sides, art, you know, creativity. Uh, It's going to be really hard for AI and computers to be creative. And even if they are like good for them, but we can still be creative. Yeah. And, you know, I I like to think that technology is going to bring us to a place where we're all, more free to explore our creative sides but yeah where are we going to get our money and how how is our economy going to work i mean that's the biggest problem that we're all facing you know our, our societies it's it's going to be a mess
0: for it, a while <laughs> we're gonna to have to rethink everything i you know i feel like the the birth of ai will be so huge that it's gonna be like um, we're gonna to have to define it as a new epoch, like you know how we you know uh, you know be you know be, we have these time like uh, we're in the BCE time frame right now. They're, we're gonna walk into uh, you know we're gonna you know kids 50 years from now are gonna rem- are, are gonna be reading their or they're going to be downloading. Their uh, le- lesson plans into their brain, and in those lesson plans, you know, they're gonna say there was a time before AI, and you know, and now there's a time after AI, like yeah, AI. Yeah. And, and same
1: with VR
2: in general, I think it's gonna be uh, the days before VR, the days after VR, <laughs> yeah. Kind and, it's, of...
0: and it's in the same way that there was, you know, the days before you know, smartphones, um,
2: language, and the days after language, yeah. And, you know, the, it's it's a huge shift. Um, you know, I'm 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 optimistic uh, with when it comes to technology. I think that you know there is more good than bad that comes from it. Yeah. And also we have no choice. It's just kind of like it, it exists, and we can't like if we destroyed all technology today, then you know, huge chunk of the population would die off because we put without it today there are already too many people we couldn't support the population size that we have right now in the world without technology without you know genetically modified food and without all these things that Mm -hmm. you know maybe individually are not good nuclear power all these things that were you know that are potentially very dangerous but we need them because we're you know technology is kind of a one-way street you know you can't go back
1: without some serious pain
0: i'm with you i i you know i look at my dog and i and i see her and you know I, I i'm like i look at that stupid face and it's just like oh you adorable thing but that lavish lifestyle that she gets to live you know just chilling on my bed all day gets to gets treats walks and you know yeah. play time. and this it, it, i it, she's not she's not an animal that i can drop off in a forest and she'll survive like she she will die like yeah. you know in, in yeah, within a couple depending on you yeah I'm that I'm her it, because if, if without technology, like I think that if, if, if tomorrow, uh, an X-class super solar flare blast our magnet, magnetosphere, magnetosphere, you know, out of proportion. And all of a sudden, you know, we enter this whole new cataclysm. I, I, I'm going to be my dog. I'm going to... I'm not... I'm probably... I don't have any survival skills. I,
2: I, Most people will.
0: Yeah. I'm, there's
2: not enough food to support everyone. I mean, there's not enough food for all of us to live off the land like, you know, like we used to, you know, thousands of years ago.
0: Yeah. So... We
2: need the technology... We're, we're not going to make
0: it. <laughs> and and so in that same vein I I realize well if there, there's obviously no going back um I there's there's got to be a, a way we can anticipate this economic revolution um and this is an ongoing thing that I keep saying but you know the the metaverse needs to have its own economy that will support humanity. Uh because inside the yep. metaverse we don't have the um, we don't have to worry about natural resources running out. We don't have to worry about, you know, in, in inflation. I mean, we can we can play with with you know the the universe itself inside this you know virtual world. And so, I I I think that you know when I when I talk about the metaverse economy, the more and more I learn about AI and deep learning and you know, this economic revolution, the more I realize that maybe. Maybe we do need this thing and, and maybe we need to learn from Second Life and World War of Warcraft and all those, you know, economies inside in, in, on the Internet that are already sort of doing this right now. You know, I, 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 do you, I mean, but what do you think? are I actually the, think. Go ahead. So
2: I think that I think that, you know, the the solutions are just they're actually I think happening organically around us like you know our so our economy is based on money which is you know started you know we we used to be based on the gold standard our money but you know there's there's two schools of thought with you know economics as to whether you know gold is a a finite resource right Mm -hmm. so there's only a certain amount of gold in the world and it doesn't really change that much you know there's like a a steady stream of new gold being mined but we know what that is and you know it's it's very unlikely that you know unless like a giant asteroid that is just pure gold like plops itself down and totally throws that Mm -hmm. you know upside down you know that most economies for most of humanity have been based around this kind of like finite resource Mm -hmm. and then but in the digital you know but we but we kind of moved away from that with money you know in in the past 100 years or so you know most most governments now you know their their economies are a little more abstracted you know they're it is possible to create more money. Mm -hmm. Um, So the economies are kind of managed, you know, and, and it's, and artificially in a lot of ways through regulation and different things we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's a very delicate balance and, and clearly we're not that good at it because sometimes, you know, the economy crashes and sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, there are things popping up that are kind of interesting, like, uh, you know, like cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, you know, Bitcoin and like this is a whole new type of money and, and a whole new, you know, it, there, there's a there, there's something else behind it. And, you know, you start to look at s- some of the things that like um, uh, Philip Rosedale was talking about with high fidelity, like, you know, this idea of making the currency of the virtual world based on. You know the CPUs required to render that virtual world. Now that that makes a lot of sense. You know, as if we, if we can tie what we're using as currency into you know more directly into what we're using that currency for, mm-hmm.
1: then you know I th- I think that the the idea of money changes a little
2: bit. But you know perhaps that's the way forward and that's the way through this. You know, we're, we're kind of changing what currency is and moving it away from this kind of finite resources of being based on gold or land or other things like that and into something that makes more sense in a digital world, like CPU power or GPU power or, you know, network speed or something like that.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm with and, you. And
2: when we do that, oops, sorry. Go ahead. A yeah. uh, little delay there. When we do that, then, you know, maybe we can start to build, build a new economy based on, you know, these kind of building these virtual worlds and, you know, the, the content of these virtual worlds and the spaces and all the services that are going to be required. I mean, we already can see by looking at Second Life that huge economies can be, you know, that these virtual worlds can support huge economies and the, and they happen organically if you just, you know put the right infrastructure in place it just happens you know people start building stuff and selling stuff and doing things and you know right now you're actually translating your you know you have to go to an exchange and exchange your u.s dollars or paypal for whatever the currency of that world is but at some point you know that's that stuff i think will tie into cryptocurrency and it'll actually be based on you know right now cryptocurrency you're putting a lot of uh processing power into generating these blockchains but nothing really valuable is coming out of that other than a number, (laughs) you know. Mm. Um, But what if all that, you know, CPU power and GPU power going into creating that number also at the same time was, you know, providing some service or value to the digital world, like, you know, rendering things or something, then it starts to make a lot more sense. And I, I could see that economy, you know. Automatically fixing some of these problems that we're starting to hit.
0: Yeah. I, I, the one question that I that I that that sort of just you know can't seem to leave my mind when I think about you know creating, um, and I don't know if we're thinking about the same thing here, but with, uh, the thing that I that I struggle with is like if we create a metaverse, right, and in that metaverse we have a cryptocurrency based economy and everybody around the world uses this. You know, this currency, you know, how does that, how will that translate to, how will the cryptocurrency translate to a person's standard of living sort of, uh, you know, like, like how will that, so how will, how will cryptocurrency translate to dollars for someone in San Francisco versus someone in Uruguay? Like, you know, how, how will they, you know, will, will people earn the same thing everywhere on the planet? I mean, is I I don't know I don't know I I really don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing I don't I, I I have to I have to really really examine and think about it, you know what would be the yeah. repercussions of something like that I I I really don't know um I mean I I mean what do you think uh, I mean I think it
1: I
2: think it'll you know it'll flatten the world even more and you know mm-hmm. we we have you know globalization right now is you know as the world becomes more flat then there there are <laughs> I think that, like, in the end goal, we'll all be at, you know, the the idea is that in the end we'll all be at the same standard of living. But when we start from where we are now, which is, you know, drastically different standards of living in different places based on, you know, the history and socioeconomic, you know, uh, the past, um, the local resources, you know, distance between these places, whether they're port cities and you know, all these things right now that kind of determine the standard of living in any one place as we, as we kind of flatten the world and shift, you know, some people really benefit and some people actually, you know, lose a lot, Mm you know, and, and I think, you know, even in the U S like right now, you know, I think, you know, our standard of living is actually going down a little bit, you know, as in a lot of, you know, a lot of jobs are going to China or here or there, but, you know, we're taking advantage of cheap labor in China. There's a short term, advantage but you know as that you know as we start to take advantage of that the actually the price of labor in china is going to start to go up and at some point that you know we'll be in a level playing field but getting there is going to be very messy a lot of people get rich a lot of people get poor Mm -hmm. um so i think that we'll have that that same problem but i think you know this digital metaverse economy is an even more it seems more fair to me yeah it's even if it means you know short term you know it it could be you know detrimental to my own to my own standard of living i think in the end
0: game it'll be more fair to everyone yeah that'll be hard for people to swallow um yeah it's going to be it's going to be a very different you know we, uh, yeah but we won't have a choice because at the same time we'll have this impending movement of ai based you know robot economy that will you know will will take your job anyway so what are you going to do like uh, it's it's a hard it's a really hard problem i <laughs> yeah I, I i i don't know why but i spend a, a lot of my day thinking about it like fuck like how how are we going to get you know, how are we going to get past this and and i want to and i, wanna, yeah. well, and it's, I wish it's becoming we, a bigger problem too yeah and it's i wish like every day we know. could get past it in a way that it's not just the rich who will be just fine on the other end. You know, I, I wish we could get past it in a way that, you know, everyone gets through it just, just fine. You know, like that it, it and it sounds naive and idealistic, but fuck it's, it, it's not impossible. I mean, why, you know, why should yeah, I don't we, think so? I don't know. And,
2: and there are positives. I mean, you know, technology is making, you know, for the most part, everything is getting cheaper. Mm hmm. And I mean, it's amazing what you can buy right now. in, in – you know, as far, I mean, at least technology wise, you know, certain things are getting more expensive, like limited resources, like gasoline. But yeah. you know, a lot of things are, are just getting cheaper and cheaper to the point where it's kind of ridiculous. So, you know, maybe we can all live like, you know, have like a really decent standard of living off of a lot less money.
1: Mm hmm.
2: And, you know, services are becoming the thing that, you know, because it's a, you know, finite resource services is is people's time. I mean, really what, you know, what is, what better to base an economy on than people's time? You know, that's, that's the one finite resource that, you know, it's, we all only have, you know, a certain number of hours and years in our life. And and when they're gone, you're not getting any more. I mean, you know, maybe slowly over time, but until we become immortal, uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're we're kind of stuck with the amount we have.
0: Yeah. You know, I like that idea. I, I like the idea of of creating something that really uh, – an economy that really, you know, pushes or encourages people to pursue, you know. I would take it further, not just happiness but meaning, you know, and whatever the fuck that means. Like go find a yeah. thing that gives you meaning, you know, because cause that will drive your happiness as well. Or they're probably the same thing. But like – but if, I, I feel like, you know – you when when we say the pursuit of happiness like you know what does that mean you know meaning and purpose i think that yeah, it's powerful. necessarily just stuff <laughs> exactly uh, it's so yeah but let's talk about vr because let's let's i want to know what your take is on the samsung gear you know what what is your what have you what you know what have you seen that impressed you what's something that you think is uh that needs to get worked on you know what are your what are your thoughts?
2: Um, i I think it's fantastic it's so much further along than I ever thought it would be this quickly um it's amazing yeah i mean yeah it the fact that it doesn't have head tracking is is a problem. <laughs> but i mean i i tried it with you know 6sense 6sense has made the uh, STEM system work with it and mm-hmm. you know i tried that at the samsung dev conference and you know it was fantastic that worked i was i actually you know i was i, I was just, like joking i had the stem in my hand and the gear on i just kind of ran away <laughs> no wires <laughs> a mirror is chasing me across the expo floor <laughs> but um yeah it was it was
1: uh i mean it was it was so amazing to
2: actually have no wires and it's beautiful i mean in a lot of ways it looks better than the dk2 i think yeah um i mean it definitely has limitations i i don't think everyone until we actually get them in our hands i don't think everyone realizes that you can really only run this thing for like 10 minutes at a time before it overheats Mm mm-hmm Um, So it's not going to be good for, you know, marathon gaming sessions or anything like that. Um, It's going to be good for kind of giving people a glimpse of VR. But for that, it's amazing because it's portable. You know, the DK2 is still really (laughs) challenging, you know, (laughs) I mean since the dk there's been this like kind of shift in the meetup world right i think since the dk2 has come out a lot more people at
1: meetups are spending time troubleshooting Mm. (laughs) you know the dk1 it's actually amazing it's
2: relatively trouble free Mm -hmm. you know people just kind of plugged it in and ran their demos and it all worked but since the dk2 came out you know a lot of people are either demo showing demos with like Completely unacceptable frame rates and judder. Yeah. Like this is just this is just the norm. I mean, I'm seeing people demoing. You know, I saw a couple of weeks ago someone who was demoing something for VCs at a event run by VCs. They were saying, you know, showing something, an experience they created with too much judder, way too much judder.
1: Mm. You know, and, and
2: you know, it's the kind of thing like you know that we need to get past these kind of technical problems. Yeah. And, the gear is, you know, a good way to get past it. So right now, you know, the the best VR experiences, you know, before the gear, is going to be the DK two. But eighty percent of the people showing it are not showing it in a good configuration. So people are actually getting a bad first impression of VR, and maybe even worse than when it was just the DK one. So the gear is going to kind of fix that a bit,
0: and that's good. It is good. I, you know, my favorite experience from the Samsung DevCon was the. They they had this I think it was an oculus software. It was oculus's 360 photo viewer and they had all these photos from um, they took you to Chernobyl. And you and you were like you lo, you you took a tour a photographic tour of Chernobyl and I remember playing Call of Duty Advanced no, it wasn't Advanced Warfare it was the Call of Duty Modern Warfare two yes that's the one where they recreated Chernobyl and you're you have this mission and you're in there um, and and so I've I've lived this place in 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 the video game world and I've seen Vice documentaries from it and now I put on the gear we are and I and I'm and I'm in it and it's just this this weird you get this weird sense of familiarity like you've been there but you haven't ever and i and you know i'll never go to chernobyl fuck that like the radiation levels are probably never going to get you know low enough for me to like safely say you know what i'm going to go without getting ball cancer like I'll, i'm gonna be i'll pass but like that was cool like you don't,
1: don't want to do one of those motorcycle tours of chernobyl
0: no i like my testicles <laughs> i want to keep them uh so okay. then the but 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 that's the really awesome thing about vr like holy shit i'll never go to this place but i get to see this 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 the the aftermath of this horrible tragedy and it and it's and it's both yep. educational and it is you know, and it's informative, and it's in its weirdly beautiful in a strange, tragic way. The other one that I really liked was the Mars Curiosity viewer, where he, the, the this one blew my mind. It was a it was a photo of the Milky Way from Mars, and right. it was awesome. It was just I was just like, oh my god, I wish I, just, I could just stay here, like <laughs> like I wish there wasn't a line behind me. Cause it was just amazing, and the and the gear was just yeah, I I mean it was really good. But but just what you said earlier there's there's it's not perfect. It's it's got some things that yeah. it needs to work on and battery life is m- probably my biggest concern. Um be- yeah,
2: battery life and and the heat and yeah, and head tracking, I mean. But
1: I mean with a lot of the cinematic stuff you don't actually have positional tracking anyways, so it
0: mm-hmm. almost doesn't matter. Yeah, but then, you know, like, what is what what is what is stopping battery life or from like, from from catching up to processors? I I feel like we've I've, I've been having this conversation. I've seen this conversation happen over and over again. And I and I, and, I, and I, am I wrong in assuming that battery technology is not keeping up with the pace of Moore's law on the processor side?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, battery is technology is very, very incrementally improving linear and you know, GPUs and CPUs are, you know, following Moore's law for the most part. Mm -hmm. And that's it right there. (laughs) You know, yeah, until we see some major jumps or we can get battery technology to somehow get in line with Moore's law, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have. I mean, you know, a DK two right now, like you need like the the fastest machine you can buy, and in in a lot of cases, it still doesn't run it right,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and a, an acceptable frame rate. But you think about like a uh, so uh, Nvidia, what is it, the 980? That you know, that's that's the card to get right now, right? Yeah. The the GTX 980, and that requires I I don't remember it's like 400 or 500 watt power supply
1: wow So
2: yeah of course you can't do that on your phone which is you know just you know that's a lot of power you know four or five hundred watts yeah. you know you're not going to get that on your phone it's it's just it's impossible
1: yeah
2: oh. so you know it's it's actually really amazing that the gear vr is as good as it is considering you know it's i, I don't know how many watts but i'm imagining just a couple
1: watts right
0: yeah I you know I wouldn't mind if Samsung sold a or compared the Gear VR with a battery pack peripheral that you just I mean you just connect and you put and you put to your belt and you and you and you have this little battery pack that you know has that gives you that extra gaming oomph you know because I I think that if if really you know you're you're, you're putting out games for this and gamers are going to want to play this gamers are you know no no i don't i mean no disrespect but gamers are assholes like we they're very i am a gamer and we're and we're very critical of our experiences like i you know we're probably some of the worst fans to have because we're very critical of you know hardware and software and and so 10 minutes around that time like that is. i think that's why they're not really going to target the gamer okay (laughs) you know uh as a target demographic because they are just going to be too demanding. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But one nice, one nice thing about the battery, um, uh, I got a note for in preparation for the gear VR. So I've been living with that for a few weeks now and it has like this fast quick charge, they call it. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous how fast it charges. Like if you use the the right adapter, it's um, I was just looking at the number here. It, it will charge from zero to seventy-five percent in a half an hour.
0: Wow, that's is, uh, you know, that's for impressive. Oh,
2: that's ridiculous. That's so fast.
0: That's very impressive. Like you know,
2: I my battery is like half dead sometimes, and I just plug it in for five minutes while I'm like getting my shoes on and getting ready before
1: I leave, and then it's like you know double. Wow. You know, it it really it does charge quickly.
2: So you know that's one that's one positive thing yeah the battery life is definitely a concern but it does charge a lot faster than we're used to it with a phone
0: yeah yeah i mean it's um i'm 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 optimistic about the gear i like the gear uh but it i'm not gonna shy yeah. away from the fact that it's not perfect and you know it's, yeah. it's cool and, and, the, and the biggest concern the biggest concern for me is that you know it is it is locked down right now what does that mean um and i mean you you can't
2: you, you have to get something approved. There's an app store and an oh, approval process, and yeah. you can't just kind of, you know, put anything on there. Yeah. Well, so it is not an open t- ecosystem.
1: It is a very, very locked down
2: ecosystem. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hope that that changes. I don't know. I think they're, you know, they don't want a lot of really terrible experiences to begin with. And hopefully they're just doing that to kind of manage expectations and, and to kind of keep people from getting really bad first vr experiences and hopefully they'll find a way to open that up a bit down the road mm-hmm. because you know it's it's a bad direction to go in
0: on the on the other side i mean long the...
2: term just for for the sake of humanity i mean if yes. vr becomes locked down you know we've talked about this before and it's just a, it's a very dangerous thing i think to give someone you know veto power over what you can
1: and cannot experience yeah i, uh, I, I love no VR for the idea of all the diversity it can offer and you know and you know
2: and you know i think it's this is why it's really important that we focus on things like you know this uh like the, the open vr web and you know these initiatives by mozilla and and uh the chrome team and tony parisi mm-hmm. and uh i saw dodo cases doing something now uh in in, to promote this and yeah i think that's fantastic
0: yeah uh i'm with you i i think that it'd be it'd be like it would be a, a whole different world if the movie industry had only one studio who held who held the patents you know or some sort of legal loophole where they only where they only only them had the access to you know film cameras like maybe you know warner brothers yeah
2: there was like a committee that approved movies or not
0: and nobody could watch a movie if it wasn't
2: yeah like imagine how awful that would be
0: yeah that would suck yeah that would would just
2: and everything would be so disnified and sterile i mean just yeah i mean i don't know i always think of like what happened to like radio you know I cannot listen to the radio. I don't know I don't know who these people are listening to the radio. It's like so awful when they when they try to like use a formula to get like the something that uh, you know appeals to everyone. Mm-hmm. and then it really just kind of appeals to nobody <laughs> and it just seems so sterile and soulless like i i don't know why all radio stations are exactly the same and they're all terrible and who's listening to this stuff i don't know or people that just aren't thinking about it i guess
0: it's i don't know my biggest pet peeve with I, the I radio is that. <laughs> is that every time every time i'm listening to, um i'm listening to a song they go to commercial and i'm like all right i'm going to change the station to go to find more music but it seems like they're all in cahoots, and they play the commercial. Right. They play commercials at the same time, and like you, motherfuckers, why? Right. It's like it's a conspiracy. I think what's actually
2: happening is they're all just playing commercials more than they are playing music.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it, it's just your chances are higher of getting a commercial than music
0: okay so let's let's go this direction because just because just how it's happened to to radio you know will this happen to VR do you think that commercialization and the ads and the whole you know corporate aspect of you know taking hold of the metaverse will that detract from the potential you know life changing you know what it means to be human aspects of virtual reality itself?
2: I don't think it will happen. I mean, I think I think that we already understand the value of the diversity. you know, I think that enough smart people understand that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are definitely people who would like it to be that way because you know it's they can figure out how to monetize and profit from that a lot easier mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know they like this kind of safe and disnified world. Um, but I, I don't think it'll happen. I think that there will always be an open alternative. I mean, we kind of have that now with you know the Apple ecosystem and then the Google ecosystem, you know, which is, you know, well, a little more open, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Android versus iOS, you know, I think there'll always be these kind of open alternatives. And, um, the, I think the companies that have the most stake in kind of, (laughs) Maintaining control on this are these are these mobile companies, you know the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world. I mean, I think they're the biggest roadblock to this stuff right now. And you know, the, the you know, as we've talked about the net neutrality debate on here before as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and I, I think, but I think there are enough smart people out there in places of influence, either through you know not, not necessarily their political positions, but you know just by being the ones creating this technology, people that actually care about it. I mean, you know, I, I get a sense from listening to to Palmer Lucky talk and and the conversations I've had with him, I get a sense that, you know, he actually really does care about and, you know, want VR to be as open as it can be. I mean, also clearly there's a business to run there and they have to kind of balance this and manage expectations and they don't want everyone to have a really bad first VR experience. So they're going to, you know, kind of push things in a direction where you know it's it's a little bit managed. Mm-hmm. But I I do believe and hope that you know their intentions for VR are not to enslave humanity. I don't think that's the case. I don't <laughs> think anyone at Oculus wants to enslave humanity, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I
2: don't think anyone at Facebook wants to enslave humanity. Um, but I I think that you know it's just something we just have to watch for. But I don't think it's inevitable that things are going to go badly with VR. And I think it's you know it's it's more likely that things are going to you know go in the direction that is is more open. Yeah.
0: I yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think um I I want to say I I, I want to say yeah, I, and I feel like we did have we have had this talk before where yeah, I I I believe Oculus has good intention good intentions. Um I don't know what the metaverse is going to look like in the future because of facebook's influence but at the same time i'm not gonna say you know it's a bad thing right now i'm not gonna say it's a i'm gonna say it's a good thing because the industry now has this amazing validation but the long term of this is remains to be seen and i will probably be one of the you know first people that will be crying wolf if you know shit starts you know looking looking weird but but at this point, everything seems seems pretty solid. I you know what I heard? I heard that Facebook people are scared of coming to SVBR because they're they're you know they're worried about that I, guess. I don't know
1: if that's true. Okay.
0: i Yeah, I don't I don't
2: I don't know if that's true. They, I think that they are definitely like a little cautious because of all of the negative uh, you know reaction to Facebook acquiring Oculus. You know. F- all, there was definitely a lot of you know negative reactions on the internet and you know from within the VR community and outside and everyone everyone was a little concerned and surprised by that and I think that they were kind of taken aback by that so maybe they're a little bit cautious mm-hmm. but I don't think so I mean we we had Corey Cory was um, uh, he didn't actually make it um, but um, you know he had to cancel because he was sick um, you know and I believe that's true I believe he was just Sick, and um
1: and you know he he did say that he is planning to come back as soon as his schedule will allow it so um but yeah i think that
2: facebook in general has been a a bit standoffish on the vr stuff they want to distance themselves from oculus a bit and just you know reassure people that hey you know we're not coming in and taking over and sticking you know ads all over your vr you know this is you know we're investing in this technology and going to let it kind of evolve on its own separately
0: yeah well uh yeah if you're if you're if you're listening and you work to, for facebook don't be scared come come on over we don't bite.
2: Yeah, don't uh, be scared we are very welcome yeah i've actually i've spoken with um some of their pr people and um you know they're, they're 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 very supportive of oculus and the direction they're going and yeah i think they're i think they just want to uh you know reassure everyone that they're not coming in and taking over and, you know, slapping like and dislike buttons on everything.
0: Yeah. So Carl, it's been a, more than a year and a half since you started the meetup. I mean, what's something that you feel like you've, you wish you had known before going into this, you know, like what, is there something that you would go back and, and, and warn yourself, Hey, you know, don't, this is, this, this is something to think about. Like, uh, you know, what do you, is there anything that comes to mind?
1: I think the
2: biggest biggest surprise for me is I guess I just sort of half didn't quite believe that things were going to start taking off. You know, I thought we would be like in our own little bubble, you know, and maybe, you know, a year and a half into this, we would still be, you know, maybe 100 people, you know, Mm -hmm. in a group talking about, you know, hey, everyone, VR is coming. But like it is just really moving shockingly fast. Yeah. And to see companies like Facebook and Samsung and, you know, the, all these these serious companies putting serious money behind this stuff. I mean, I now I'm just kind of, I, you know, I, sometimes I just want it all to slow down a little bit so I can catch up. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I used to be kind of ahead of the curve. And now I can just barely keep up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> if there's... things
2: are just moving so fast.
0: I'm with you. I don't know if there's anyone out there that is... Uh, unless you're working 80 hours a week... Uh, And all you do is browse and lurk Reddit and real to VR and all the other VR form, all the other VR news sites, I mean, 24 seven, there's, there's no way you can really keep up with what's going on. And even then you'll still miss some stuff like that's, it's crazy.
2: It's true, and, and I think one of the reasons is because so much is happening in person and in meet space. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to read Reddit, you know, 10, 20, 30 times a day, you know, <laughs> I would read the, uh, the Oculus subreddit, and now I'm lucky if I get to check it like once a day. I mean, a lot of days I don't, so I'm, I'm missing things like crazy because there's so much actually happening in the physical world. Yeah. You know, I'm spending so much time running from meeting to meeting and talking to companies and, you know, going to meetups and going to other events around VR and conferences, and there's just so much happening in in the physical world and you know and that's where you really get to connect with people and try things that you know I I'm missing the stuff that's not happening in my own geographic area. Yeah. And I'm sure that's happening for
0: a lot of people. So you you go into creating this meetup more than a year and a half ago and you you had this notion that this might just be something that's going to become you know, hundred people, you know, like, this might be something that might yeah. not even take I mean, off.
2: I always, I always yeah. thought it would go mainstream, but I thought it would take many years.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. So you were ready for a marathon for a long haul. Like that was the... Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because I've been,
2: I mean, I feel like I've been running this marathon my whole life. You know, I, I became obsessed with VR when I was, you know, probably like 12 or something. You know, I was very young
1: mm-hmm.
2: and... You know these when these ideas got planted and i kind of got this bug so i feel like most of my life i've been like you know the crazy person who's like talking about virtual reality and everyone was like yeah what what are you talking about (laughs) like you mean like lawnmower man what (laughs) and i think you know it was kind of like a joke among my friends that i was kind of just crazy obsessed you know or whatever talking about this crazy technology and they're all like "Ah, whatever (laughs) yeah that you know all right crazy person <laughs> but i just i always knew in my gut i just
1: felt you know and so it's it's um it's validating that you know it's hey it's actually it's actually catching on
2: i'm not the only crazy one and and it's great to meet all the other crazy people who have also <laughs> you know have that same obsession yeah. but on the other hand it's also kind of scary it's like oh wow we're not crazy all this stuff is actually happening and it's happening really fast and uh And there are so many new people. And then, you know, when new people come into – I guess that's one thing that's interesting. When new people come into this community, you know, there are a lot of people, new people coming into the community, people that maybe hadn't even really thought about or heard of VR six months ago.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, I guess I'm naturally like a little suspicious. I'm like – on one side, I'm like – you know it's as great more people are getting interested in it. It's fantastic, and the other hand, I'm like I'm naturally a little suspicious. I'm like, do they really you know like, yeah
1: like, like a, oh yeah you know what are, what are they what's their angle <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's like you know jumping on the
2: bandwagon and then you know, okay, so you know. I guess I'm a little more suspicious when people jump on the bag, bandwagon, but you know that that's my own you know flaw. I think personality flaw where I'm naturally suspicious of people, and until that you know they, they prove that you know I don't know I don't know what <laughs> what they prove, but you know I'm, I'm having to learn to embrace the new people that are coming in, and you know like hey this is really cool like yeah, you know because we do need more people to be. Yeah, excited about vr evangelizing vr and you know involved in this because i mean it's gonna that there's gonna be a lot more people this is just the tip of the iceberg
0: you know i don't think you're alone in that sentiment and i'm sort of torn i mean i'm i'm with you in the sense that um i'm in the sense that like now that i that i see people who find out you know who found out about this three months ago or you know six even six months ago and in there and and uh and uh and you know in that and, and, and it, it, you know either and I asked them like well, I'll ask uh, here and there they'll say oh, Yo, it's you know it's, either it was the facebook thing or the or the uh was it Andre Sehorowitz who f- gave them 100 million dollars was that the was that was that was that that VC firm that raised that money for them I can't remember. Yeah, they
2: were they were one of them. There were a number of firms, but yeah. Andreessen Horowitz was one of them, probably. I, I don't know what the what the breakdown was, but the, they put in a big,
0: big, big chunk. Yeah, I remember. Like, and so I was. So they'll they'll they bring that up. Like they yeah. The, you know, I, I wasn't sure until Facebook came along, until the two billion dollars, and then in, in my mind, I, I'm thinking, because in in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's. Is it really VR that attracted you or is it the money that is now behind yeah. VR? Yeah, the fact that someone else said that this is a good thing. You know, uh, uh, and maybe and, and and then here's where I conf- I'm conflicted with myself because, you know, unlike you, I I haven't been paying attention to VR for 20 years. I'm I'm only 26. The the, the my first introduction to virtual reality was the Matrix movies. It wasn't lawnmower, man. It wasn't, you know. I remember seeing commercials of the Virtual Boy in the '90s while watching Pokemon, but it, but that, but that didn't phase me. It just, I was just, I just didn't, I thought it was cool, but I, I just never thought that, you know. I just never gave it a second thought. And then, and then, the Kickstarter happened, and the thing that I realized was going to be big was seeing Gabe Newell and John Carmack in that Kickstarter video, and seeing them. Talk, talking about like this is gonna be, you know, this is fucking it. This is, you know, when they say stuff like that, and I'm, you know, the the thing about I'm a gamer. I've been this is gaming yeah. has been my medium of uh, escapism, and it's been my medium of of of, of, of social uh, sociability. Like I've made friends with through gaming, like, and and, and yeah. I see that, and I'm like, yes. But I struggle still, Carl, because I'm like, you know, I don't, I still don't know if I deserve to be here. Like, like I, I, I don't know if I want, if, if I'm, you know, I, I, I believe, I believe the fuck in virtual reality, but I, at the same time, I'm like, well, I, I don't have 20 years of experience under my belt in, you know, in telepresence or. Tiladildonics, I I don't whatever it is, but you know what I'm saying. Like so, I'm struggling. Yeah, I struggle. I struggle. I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's not a contest, and not about who is, because I'm you know I'm a youngster. I'm a, I'm older
2: than you, but and I've been interested in, in this longer than you. But you know I'm I'm just a kid who's brand new to this. You know, if I look at someone like uh, like uh, Henry Fuchs or Tom Furness or one of these <laughs> old school guys or or even Jaron Lanier or or these people, you know, those guys to to them, I'm just some kid who just got into it. You know, I don't think it's really like a contest of who's older, or who's been into it longer. Um, but I think there's just like this kind of human nature You know, we're, we automatically have this kind of it's a it's a personality flaw. Or it's a it's a flaw of human nature that, you know, yeah. that we're kind of, you know, protective. But I, I think, you know, that's that's the thing is that the the passion, the level of passion that we are. You know, excites people in a way that, you know, we become very protective of it because it's really important to us. So it's really important to you. It's really important to me. And I guess that's the measure, really, you know, is when these new people come in, is it important to them or, you know, Mm. is it I don't know. So, you know, I I, you know, you've done a ton of good for this community and you're doing amazing stuff with your podcast and, you know, having, you know, some of the deepest and most interesting conversations thank you and you know taking things in in really interesting directions and you know you're doing a lot of good for this and it's because you just you just care about it and and that's something that's kind of unique to your their vr and space exploration are like these two areas that get people this passionate i can't really think of anything else that gets people this passionate you know as far as like in technology and space exploration is really cool but you know it's i can't
1: do it (laughs) i can't afford it yeah i can afford
2: vr so that's the only one right (laughs) that is actually like within reach
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I, I, I. and thank you. That means a lot to me that you think that I've done a lot. I. I just again. I just find people that I think are smarter than me. They are uh, No, Carl. Carl, please. No, that is unnecessary. <laughs> uh, but I try and I, I. I try to like do something that adds value to people. Um. And and have fun with these things. Honestly, I don't think I could be doing anything else right now with my life except, you know, because dude, I, here I am, in, in and, and I'm living in the world's most, the greatest empire the world has ever seen, the American empire, and in the midst of this empire, I live in the hub of this, you know, this region where the the technology that is going to drive and influence all humanity, like how could I possibly not be paying attention to this? And, and you know, it's that perspective that, you know, makes you realize that, Holy shit! This VR thing, this is bigger than this is bigger than yeah. most people think. Um, How lucky are we to be right there, yeah. watching it happen, you know, and 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 contributing,
2: in even in some small way, contributing to this, you know, world-changing,
0: you know, shift. Yeah. If there is okay, let's look, uh, Carl. If there was. If there, if money wasn't an issue to you, like what is, what is, what would be your dream mode of contributing to the VR industry slash community? Like, you know, take, take me through your wildest dreams.
2: I would be doing, I would be doing a lot, something very similar to what I guess I'm doing now. I mean, I would, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, someone said something about, you know, then I could just, you know, if I had no money, I could just retire. And, you know, I, go live in the woods and retire and whatever, and, and just relax all day. And I was thinking, you know, what would I do if I, you know, if I had infinite resources and I'm like, well, I would just plow all that into (laughs) SVVR. I really would. I would, you know, I, I, I have a lot of bold ambitions about, you know, building, you know, Physical presence of for SVBR, and that's something you know. I'm I'm seriously working on trying to build a physical presence for SVBR. But all things that would be around, you know, because I just want to be in the middle of this stuff. It's so fun and exciting, and talking to these startups and entrepreneurs, and you know, the engineers developing all this stuff. Uh, I just want to be in the middle of it. So I would just really just you know put all that money into. building the ecosystem and the companies in the space. And, you know, I could do a lot more to help companies other than, you know, right now I can help companies by providing introductions or, you know, connecting people to each other Mm -hmm. or giving them a platform to, you know, tell people about what they're working on. But I I would just be able to do a lot more of that. And that's what I would do. I would just keep doing more of that. I mean, you know, I know I'm not the world's best developer. I can, you know, I've, I've done some things and created some things, but you know, I'm, I'm a, a fair developer at best, <laughs> but I think I have a good sense for, for product and what works and what doesn't work and what, you know, in technologies and how they fit together and how the stuff is going to all, you know, pan out. So I would probably, you know, do more SVVR, create an SVVR fund, you know, a seed fund or venture fund and, just do more of what we're doing, but on a bigger scale.
0: Do you see yourself starting or leading or being a part of of an accelerator, a VR startup accelerator, or...? or
2: Definitely something that I'm looking at. Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, you know, we're we're looking at this idea of building a space for SVVR, physical presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of, you know, I said, we're working on a couple different angles to solve our problem of, you know, we just don't have a big enough boat, we need a bigger boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of those ideas is a physical presence um, that is something between an accelerator, an incubator, a co-working space, or a showroom. And I don't know exactly what the formula is there and how that's going to work, but I'm trying to find the right business model in there and something that will actually work. So I I think it's very likely that you'll see something like that in the near future.
0: That sounds extremely exciting. Is there... You know, is what's your at, at this point in, in in the in your career as a you know as as the SVBR organ, organiser like what are your what are your your biggest challenges outside of finding a, a bigger boat you know.
2: Uh, It's really just time. Things are happening so fast. There are so many people that I'd like to talk to and so many people that want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just it's literally just time. I can't keep up with my inbox. I can't keep up with all the introductions I'd like to make and talking Mm -hmm. to all the people I'd like to talk to. And then going places and meeting, you know, there's there's all these I'd love to visit so many VR labs around the country and you know, and, and companies that, you know, it's just time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the biggest challenge right now is just cause things are just moving so fast. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm learning a lot uh, right now about time management and prioritization <laughs>
0: If there's so definitely that time management, I got to say, is um, probably some of the one of the things I struggle with the most. I've I've actually well, in terms of productivity, though, I've discovered that if I listen to the soundtrack from the Interstellar movie, I become 25 percent more productive. That's a arbitrary number. But but dude, if you listen, have you watched that movie?
2: No, I haven't yet. Um, I'm actually planning to watch to see it in the next week. So don't
0: spoil it Not going to spoil it, but holy moly. Carl, brace yourself. I I liked it. It's a good movie. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah, like it. I, I love
2: science fiction and that kind of thing, and this is going to, yeah, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> that soundtrack, I got to tell you, I, that soundtrack by Hans Zimmer is it's just absolutely insane. It's You close your eyes, and you listen to that soundtrack, and you're like, you get these, you relive flashbacks from the movie, and it's 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 so the the, the soundtrack is just oh, oh man, interesting. And it's so good. Yeah, uh, no,
1: music
2: and sound and you know all these things, light and all these things really can affect your productivity, which is you know which is something that's really interesting because in VR you have this like kind of complete control over the environment. Um, there's a company that I'm speaking with um, called um, Mure. Mm-hmm. Um, from Iceland and they're working on this kind of virtual work environment interesting um, called uh, break room and the idea is to create a, a place that is your virtual work environment but it's optimized for productivity and to create like a distraction free environment but you know they're working with uh, psychologists and researchers because there's so much you can do with you know we all have these kind of energy cycles of when we're in our productivity cycles when we're productive and unproductive and you know if you can kind of optimize that and eventually even get some kind of biofeedback loop going you can create an environment that's really optimizing your own productivity yeah i'm a huge fan of this company i'm actually uh advising them so in full disclosure
0: <laughs> that sounds awesome uh, uh, though I, I i think it's uh brilliant yeah <laughs> yeah i mean well and it's i think it's one of the things that we've that i've been reading on reddit a lot um the just imagining what the workplace of the future will look like because honestly uh i don't think any workplace no matter whether it's google whether it's you know, whether it's Oculus, you know, for as cool as their office might be, it's, you know, I, I think that the psychology, you know, the psychological aspects vary from person to person so much, you'll never be able to build an office space that makes everyone productive at the same time. So, so by yeah. utilizing... Some people
2: thrive in an open office, some mm-hmm. people thrive in a private office, yeah.
0: And, it, and by exploring the psychology of productivity and modeling, tailor, tailor making worlds or offices for, for people, you know, where, you know, someone will be like, you know what, I need blue lighting or, you know, red lighting helps me more like that would, you know, I feel like that is that's extremely uh, profitable for for anyone who wants to jump in on that. That's a that's that's a very smart place to be for sure. Yeah, I think so.
2: And and it's yeah, it's individual and it changes. And you know, with VR, you'll be able to eventually get yeah you know, this kind of feedback loop, so you can kind of measure someone's productivity and then tweak things. And you know, you can create an algorithm that kind of optimizes it.
0: Yeah, I want to ask you. Fly. Oh, sorry, really quick, I, I just want to ask you like, if there's someone listening to this and they're in. You know, Rio de Janeiro, or they're in Santiago, Chile, or they're in Budapest, or uh, in Iceland, somewhere. Like, and they're planning on, they're thinking about, man, man, I think I want to start a VR meetup. Like, you know, what is what is something that you would, what are what are some things that you would, you know, tell them? Like, hey, this is what you should keep in mind if you want to start a, a meetup. Like, how how would they go? How should they go about it?
1: I mean,
2: the first thing I would say is that you know, no matter. You, if you're in a small town or a small city, you probably think that there's no one interested in this stuff except for you. But if you, if you put it out there that you're doing this meetup, I think that no matter where you are, you're going to be surprised at the turnaround. Mm -hmm. And, and if you keep doing it, you know, consistently, then, you know, you'll be surprised at how quickly it grows. You know, I don't think we, how quickly it would grow where we are and all the meetup organizers i've talked to you know had the same experience you know they just kind of they thought maybe a couple people will come and then they have dozens of people and then they have hundreds of people and you know i i don't think it'll you know that's really slowing down i think there are a lot of people out there that are interested in this stuff or curious about this stuff and you know if if you build it they will come (laughs) you know that's i guess that's the first thing i would say and Mm. then um Oh, all right. Um, so, yeah, one thing that we we did at SVBR um, right from the beginning is we, you know, it's a simple thing. It's just to put a name tag on. Huh. We we're you know we're we're militant about that. You know, you, you're not going to get into an SVBR without making your name tag. You know, Nana at the door is going to make sure you know you have <laughs> it. And if she sees someone without it, she's going to track them down and stick one on them. <laughs> you know, it's and it's. You know, it's it's a silly little thing, but it just makes it so much easier to build a community. Because, you know, a lot of people are bad at remembering names, or you need like a refresher. You know, you see someone, you're like, I know that guy, just can't remember his name. But if it's right there, it's just it's so much easier to talk to people yeah. and to. And not just to talk to them the first time, but to, but it's that second and third time that you see the same person, and maybe you hadn't seen them in a couple months, and you just met them for like 30 seconds. So you need that little bit of a refresher, a little reminder of what their name is, and then it kind of triggers the rest. And you know, I know not everyone needs that. Some people have a great memory, but I don't. And it's I think it, I think it's actually one of the secrets to why SVBR has a really strong kind of family feel. Mm. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a simple little thing It's just, you know, put the name tags on people. It makes a huge difference. Wow. You know, people don't mind wearing it. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. We've rarely had people who like refuse to wear it. And Maybe if they do then fine, but yeah. Maybe some
0: know, NSA agents were kind of like, Hey, I don't want to wear it. You know, but other than that, yeah.
2: <laughs> they're all uh, John Smith or something.
1: <laughs> But it's just a little thing.
2: And it's just, you know, I think that the people that are attracted to VR are not always like the, you know, the most socially outgoing people. So
0: these little things help them. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Like, that's, yeah, that's then, cool. Yeah, just you know, every community, every area has their own
2: flavor, and you know, we see that even like the difference between the SVBR and SFVR, or you know, LAVR, VRLA, <laughs> New York. You know, all all the communities have their own flavor, and they kind of you know bring in their local whatever is strong. You know, VRLA is very much entertainment industry oriented, and you know, and that's that's fantastic. You know, don't necessarily copy. Um, someone else this formula. Try to find one that works for your local
0: community. Mm-hmm. If if S S if SFVR is if SVVR if VRLA and if NYCVR were ice cream flavors, what ice cream flavors would they be? Well, that, don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know. That's a tough one. I'd have to get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs>
0: that was probably the That's toughest the question. question.
2: Where I, I just there's something wrong with my brain where I just have to really think that through before I will commit to an answer. (laughs) I'll spend, now I'm going to spend hours thinking about, "Hmm, so is that strawberry or cherry?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, you know what, going back to what you said, you know, if you live in a small town, you know, try, still try to do a meetup. And, you know, the story that comes to mind is, um, Kai from Hawaii. Uh, I remember listening yeah. to his to a podcast with Reverend Kyle and Kai and Kai. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his his name right. Is it Kai or Kai or Kai? Well, Kai. I've been you're,
2: calling him Kai and he hasn't corrected me. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not sure that's
0: right. Well, the, the awesome thing about him is like he he just did it and if, you know he was talking talking about like you know it's at first it was like 12 people, six people, but even if even if it's just 12 people, like these 12 people are friends that you know are will, that will like that you can collaborate with that you can build you know relationships and bridges with like you know the 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 awesome thing about like the community is that i i f- i found people that in the VR community that i can talk freely about the future and all the crazy shit that i read about on the internet and they'll be like yeah yeah that's you know it's it's a very it's much more casual of a conversation when I go to SVVR, or SFVR or all the VR meetups and I have talks about the singularity and AI and VR like you know I I can't all these people are thinking
2: about that. Yeah, yeah it's not like a, it's not totally out of left field for them. It's you know, it's something that's on their mind.
0: And it's awesome because I I get to, you know, bounce ideas off of them and I learn a lot, uh, you know, I learn even more. Like I'm I, I, yeah, it's it's it truly you know, a hugely beneficial experience when you're, you know, when you can be yourself in, in, in a space where with other people that, that, you know, that sort of see things, sort of, sort of see things, you know, uh, the maybe the way you do, like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's something that I um, I cherish greatly. And it's probably one of the things, reasons why I'm protective of it, you know, I, I you know, yeah. going back to the whole.
2: Um, I think part of that is because it's kind of like we're we're all in on this secret, you know. It's like <laughs> this VR is this magic secret thing that we all know is going to change the world, and most of the world hasn't been clued into yet. Yeah. So it's like we're all kind of in on this shared secret. So it's automatically we have something that we can kind of bond over
0: yeah i would i would argue though that vr is um is more or less in the mainstream conscious yeah, uh, it's, it's happening so fast i mean just the south park episode just segmented that no, i haven't watched that, that, that
2: yet, yeah it's, yeah i heard about that
0: though it's good I'm excited to see that yeah, it's, it'll be <laughs> worth your time yeah it's good but yeah you know it's because that's probably my measure of all right, something's mainstream. If I see it on South Park, then it's it's mainstream, or it's yeah. it's on the verge of becoming mainstream. Like, you know, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. They've they've done all those parodies, and those things are are totally mainstream. So, yeah, and VR is on its way, or is here. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Mm. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, one, it's, it's a
2: fantastic time to to be involved in this stuff
0: yeah yeah and you know i i wonder whether if if you think that like is this vr thing gonna and you know is there something after this you know and i I, maybe i've asked you this but i i i want to ask you one more time like if there's after the smartphone you know what comes next and if vr is it you know what comes after vr
2: I mean I mean the interesting thing about VR is that all these other forms of all these other mediums can exist inside of it. Mm. So it's going to allow us to prototype things like you can prototype AR inside of VR and without worrying about what's possible with display technology and lenses and, you know, how, how do you actually get an image overlaid on reality and all this stuff? Because you can kind of prototype AR in VR. Or you can prototype, you know, other forms of, you know, other media mediums. So it, I I don't know. Yeah, I forget who it was at Oculus who had that quote that you know VR is not just a new medium, but it's the final medium.
0: Yeah, I think it was Michael Abrash who said that. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's right. I think that's right. And that I mean, I can't if there is something I can't see it from where I am now, you know. Yeah,
2: it's hard to see the future from the present, you know, because you don't you don't really have the right context because I mean, well, all these other things are just going to tie into
0: it. AI and AR and well you you of all the people and I've me- I mentioned this um you you you've predicted the future Carl you knew uh <laughs> it, I asked you on on the podcast a while ago I think it was our first like saga series and I asked you like Carl what is the worst thing that can happen to the industry <laughs> <laughs> and and you said in uh ver- verbatim uh i think someone like facebook buying oculus like that and you know when when the whole the when the facebook accusation happened the first person that i thought it was you like holy shit carl's a sage he's a he... i think what i actually said too was even
2: worse because i think i said sony or facebook
0: <laughs> there you go and
2: both of those things happened <laughs> and actually they're neither of them are you know terrible yeah. So far, it, it, <laughs> you know, Sony actually turns out to be a really open company,
0: really,
1: mm-hmm. you know, great,
2: engaging with the community, and, and the Facebook thing has not been, like, you know, this nightmare scenario. Uh, yeah.
0: So, I, so Carl, you being I, the Oracle... I or- do think about
2: that sometimes when I said <laughs> that. I'm like, oh, I hope those guys don't take that offense to that. <laughs> it was just it, a hypothetical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you, again, you being the Oracle that you are, what is the worst thing that could happen to VR now?
2: uh i I think that some new technology that is ten times better than everything that exists now and that some company or individual gets it and it and locks it down and then they could lock down That's the way v r could get locked down. Some company – like I'll use – so here, I'll use another real company that hopefully won't come back to bite me. But say that Magic Leap, whatever they're doing, say that what they're doing is 10 to 100 times better than what anyone else is doing, right? Yeah. And they get a ton of patents on it, and they own that technology. Nobody can use that to do – you know VR, AR, whatever they're doing, unless they do it through their licensing, and they're very restrictive on it. And you know they make it so that you know that's the way that you could lock VR into a very closed ecosystem or AR, or other things. And depending on how that company, you know, how they how they treated that and how open they were, that could be a that could lead to a very dark <laughs> future until some new technology comes along that's even better than whatever they have, but. But yeah, I think it's somebody getting to some sort of patent uh legal protection on a method of doing things that is just so much better that we all have to use it. Yeah. And
1: we have no choice.
0: <laughs> That's uh I, I the moment you were talking about the that thing, the, the moment you started saying something that is 10 times better, 100 times better, I'll, I immediately thought I, th- I think he's going to talk about magic leap. What, what do you yep. what do you know? Like what do you you know what do you think it is? Do you think it really is as revolutionary as the people at Google have been saying, it do you really think that it warrants 400, 576 million dollars worth of investment from from Google? Like, you
2: know. it's a lot of money, so it must be promising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not dumb. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of clear what they're. I mean, it's not clear what they're doing, but there is a, there is there is some information out there about what they're doing and. Um, Yeah, there was uh, uh, an article in uh, Gizmodo by uh, Sean Hollister, Mm -hmm. who is a regular at SPVRs. actually. Um, He wrote an article which really dives into what they're probably doing and what technologies they're using, looking at, like, you know, Internet Archive uh, copies of their web pages and um, patents and stuff and and the the history of all the people that are involved. And it it seems like there – my guess – You know, and I'm not the only one guessing this, you know, I read this somewhere, but my guess is that they're using the money. They need that much money because they need FDA approval for whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's some new method of projecting onto the eye. So you can project an image and, you know, there's this kind of the holy grail of AR is being able to displace, you know, basically the equivalent of like a switchable pixel. It's transparent. I can see behind it or now it's, you know, lit up and looks as good as a display, that's been something that's not really possible with AR
1: Mm
2: -hmm. just switch between opaque and transparent. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seems like that's what they're able
1: to do. They've created a way to do that. And it seems to me that, you know,
2: if they need that much money and, and because of the history of the people involved that they probably, whatever they're using to do that is going to need FDA approval. Wow. So that's a long and very expensive process and that's, that's where I
0: think all that money is going. If you're correct, that is insane. That that it's insane the fact that they're going to need FDA approval for something like this because I, I, the Rift doesn't need it. Uh, it's yeah. not. Yeah, so
2: it's like doing something that's you know just you know interfacing at like a more direct level with your eye, whether it's you know shining a laser into your eyeball Whoa. or or you know interfacing the nerves. Even I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, it's gonna be that whatever it is, I I really can't wait to see it. I I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I I really don't know what what is worth five hundred seventy. Because here's the thing that that I've always you know I used to la not laugh at, v, at AR, but like I used to say, you know, when is AR gonna have its Facebook two point two billion dollar Facebook moment? You know, you know v, VR had it in March, right? So so do you think this magic leap thing is? Uh, the thing, and I know we're running short of time, so let's move on to the December holiday party. Let's nail this down because what's going on? What's happening? Give people the spiel because I'm I'm super excited for this thing actually. Magic Leap is gonna have to wait <laughs> for next right, episode. We'll talk more about Magic Leap yeah. Next time then. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe we'll know more by then too. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. So um. Our it's our last event of the year. You know, we meet every month. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that for a long time. But for the last event of this year, because it's been such a interesting year, we're, we're doing our December meetup is, is also a holiday party. So mm-hmm. we're actually going back to the Computer History Museum, the venue where we held our conference. Nice. So we're going to take over the big auditorium there, which is a beautiful venue. Um, we have room for 300-plus people. So we're going to have uh, – uh, big uh, last event of the year, Little little retrospective looking at the year. We're going to have uh, some presentations from, uh, let's see, we have um, uh, Ethereum, which is, uh, I'm sure you've seen that. It's a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... Tony Davidson, who created that, has worked on Riven. He's a super talented guy. Um, if you haven't seen the demo, you should definitely download it. Yeah, it's really and good. And that's on, that's on Kickstarter now, so we're kind of you know giving them the little Kickstarter bump. Um, same for Seabright. Seabright has a new um, HMD, AR, VR, HMD, which they haven't shown yet, but I think by then it'll be shown. When um, They're also going to Kickstarter. Exciting. Um, and oh yeah, and we're gonna have uh, Jesse and Graham from VR chat um, yeah. giving an actual formal presentation. They've come to SVVRs before, but this is our first kind of formal presentation on where they're going with VR chat. I mean, VRChat is the social application that actually has traction right now
1: yeah
2: um, and and it's really exciting and it's made a ton of progress in the past few months too. I don't know if you've looked at it lately, but like some of the environments are beautiful and they're really coming a long way. And then we're going to have uh, tons of demos. Um, We are going to have, um, so yeah, we're going to have, Oculus is going to be there. Um, We are super excited because we're going to have Crescent Bay there. Um, I think this is the first meetup that will you know,
0: we've been working hard to try to get them, get Crescent Bay to an SVBR ever since uh, Oculus Connect. Sorry, I, I know you just said that twice. Can you, can you repeat that one more time? Because yes, I'm we were, so excited. We are going
2: to have the Crescent Bay. I know they, yes. it's exciting, right? <laughs> we're going to have a Crescent Bay uh, demo uh, at yeah, Aaron Davies. Uh, the um, Director of Developer Relations from Oculus is going to be there. Um, it, this is an exciting time for us because a lot of the Oculus team are moving to the Bay Area, you know, which is a result of the Facebook acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a lot more Oculus at in the local community events. So uh, I I hope that this is, uh, you know, the first of many uh, appearances from, you know, and and, uh, more involvement from Oculus in in the community in the Bay Area. Um, It makes sense because they're going to be here. So, (laughs) So, yeah, we'll have Crescent Bay. We're going to have a ton of other interesting demos. Um, And, yeah, and it's a sponsored event. So we don't typically uh, ask for sponsorship for our events, but it is a big, expensive space. So, um, yeah, we've, we've been lucky enough to get sponsorship from Sixth Sense and Seabright, Altspace, uh, Cast AR also moved to the area recently. Um, they're sponsor, they're going to be demoing. Nice. Uh, Luxury, who's been out at our events, Jaunt. Uh, yeah, a ton of great sponsors coming together. If you have a company and you want to sponsor, contact me. We have room for a couple more sponsors. We need to cover a lot of costs for a big event, <laughs> but we're going to make it, we're going to go finish the year in style
0: i am uh i'm you've just blown my mind i am so excited for this i am wow whoa dude I'm yeah, so, it's, gonna, it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be awesome it's going to be he- historic it's i'm 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 looking forward to this just as much as i am as for the may conference like this is this is gonna be huge. This is gonna be awesome. Um, and there's still space for this event, right? At this point, yeah, there's
2: still space. We have a, we have a lot more room than normal. You know, okay. it's Because normally we max out at about 120, 30 people. Um, but this is a larger space, so we have room for 300 plus. So, yep, we are we are not uh, we are not full yet. There is still space. Uh, I don't know if by the time there, this is released there will be, mm-hmm. but hopefully there will be. Yeah. Um, we're we're trying to do events in larger spaces going forward. Okay. yeah, it's it's going to be awesome.
0: It's going to be we're, insane. I'm
2: really excited. It's going to be a little classier than normally we're in the, you know, our hacker space at Hacker Dojo. It's kind of a dungeon.
0: <laughs> uh, dress code or no dress code? It's just you know, whatever you no, want. We're,
2: you know, we're informal.
0: Okay. You know, yeah.
2: We're going we're going to do it up. It's not going to be a black tie event or anything, but you know, <laughs> I'm I'm sure some people will <laughs> Yeah. Bruce will maybe Bruce will be in a jacket. We saw him in a jacket at the last S V R. He's you know, he's stepping
0: it up. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy man. Um Carl, yeah. I'm I can't I can't wait. I'm uh, I am in shell shocked by the just the barrage of amazing announcements and really cool things that you're yeah. planning. The, uh, the other thing I forgot to mention yes, for that yes, yes, event yes. is that um Sixth Sense will be uh delivering the very first STEM system. Also, they're 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 actually delivering the first stem to to SVdBR but... which is
1: so the stem is finally kidding
2: and uh, we're gonna have the very first number number one stem the the first hundred I guess are numbered Wow. Yeah. And so stem number one will be delivered live at that event then. So hopefully that means the rest of them are coming very soon to all the Kickstarter backers.
0: Yeah, that's super exciting. Go on six cents for uh keeping 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 going with this. it's definitely yeah. yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing to do, um, putting out hardware. So yeah, commend them for for pushing forward. D- Carl, d- dude, you've been amazing as always. I could talk with you for more than four hours straight if I want, if we could, had the time. But I understand you're a busy man these days, and I really got to thank you for your time. You're a trailbla- trailblazer, man. You're 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 going places uh, where we don't need roads, so I I like that and keep doing it, man, because it's um, wow, it's exciting. I I yeah. It's Thanks, Bruce. You keep it up too.
2: I mean, you're doing a fantastic job, and
0: uh,
2: it's 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 a real service to the community
0: what you're doing. Thank you, thank you. It's, I'm just having fun, but um, you are really this is this is crazy. You, Nana, and Bruce, um, whoever else helps with SVVR, really, you, you guys have. Um, I you know I, I I I don't say this lightly, but you've you've changed my life because of svvr uh going to that with the first one and and trying the rift and it wasn't and if it wasn't for you know me lurking on reddit and finding bruce's google group about the meetup and you know stalking the the svvr like i would have never gone this road and i'm i'm just thankful to to you and bruce and nana for for doing this really it's been yeah it's it's been a blast and i can't wait to see where where this all will lead I'm, i'm again i'm super excited and thank you um yeah, let's uh, again. Uh, you know, um, Carl, you're a true scholar in general virtual reality. How can people follow up with you, stay in touch, and and, and you know support what you're doing?
2: Uh, the easiest thing is just go to svbr.com, and all all links are from there. You can find I'm Carl at svbr, Carl with a K, and svbr.com will have links to the meetup group, the uh, all the Twitters, and the YouTube channel we do our live streaming events uh, the VR um, the SVVR job board mm-hmm. and anything else we do that's that's the best way to go four letters nice and simple
0: svvr.com. awesome all the links will be in the show notes uh, once again Carl thanks you so much for your time um, I'll see you I'll see you at the party all right take care Chris
1: thanks for having me